48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Researchers say they have proof that a Hong Kong man has been infected with coronavirus twice. The SAR records fewer than 10 infections for the first time in weeks and two private prosecutions relating to the anti-government protest last year are formally halted. Researchers at the University of Hong Kong say they've been able to prove that a Hong Kong man has been infected with the coronavirus for a second time in what is the world's first documented case. Tom McLinden has details. The 33-year-old IT worker recovered from COVID-19 and was discharged from hospital in April. But he tested positive for the virus again this month after returning from a trip to Spain. Health officials weren't sure whether the man had been a persistent carrier of the virus since his first infection. But the researchers say genetic sequencing shows the virus strains the man caught in April and August are clearly different from each other. They say there's evidence that some patients have waning antibody levels after a few months and recovered patients still need to wear face masks, follow social distancing distancing rules and should consider a vaccine when one becomes available. For the first time in more than a month and a half, the number of new COVID-19 cases in Hong Kong has returned to single digits. Health authorities reported nine cases today. Seven of the latest patients contracted the virus locally, of which four have no known sources. The two cases from abroad are a student returning to Hong Kong from Switzerland and a foreign domestic worker who recently flew in from the Philippines. Dr. Chuang Shuk Kwan from the Centre for Health Protection says despite the overall downward trend in cases, the outbreak is not completely under control yet because officials are still unable to determine how some patients are catching the virus. Although the overall trend is decreasing, there's um, some daily fluctuation of the number of cases. We have a single-digit number today, but we have uh, more than 10 preliminary positive cases uh, at hand. So um, I think from public health point of view, any relaxation of social distance measure may result in um, increase in number of cases, but the actual measures may determine, um, I mean, may uh, take into consideration from public health measures as well as from other consideration. And Dr Chuang says a citywide coronavirus test to be introduced next week could help stop the silent transmission of the virus in the community. We expect there are fewer people in the community that are silent carriers. So uh, the testing may help to find out these carriers and we'll give them treatment and quarantine of uh, the contacts. So the fewer number of cases, it's easier for us to trace and, and quarantine the contacts. Two private prosecutions against a policeman who shot a protester and a taxi driver whose vehicle rammed into a number of people have formally been halted following a hearing at West Kowloon Court. The Secretary for Justice had intervened to take control of the cases lodged by Democrat Ted Hoy and the prosecution told the court there isn't enough evidence to proceed with either case. Timmy Sung reports. The court had originally issued summonses to the policeman and the taxi driver in question before the justice chief stepped in, exercising her power to effectively take over the case. Henry Chang had faced a count of dangerous driving, while traffic policeman Kwan Kao Wing was given summonses related to three shooting-related offences. The Department of Justice had earlier said it was going to hold the process, and today it formally told the West County Magistrates Court in a hearing that it would not be pursuing either case. Prosecutors said evidence available in both cases were too weak to substantiate the alleged offences and that there is no reasonable prospect of conviction. There isn't a case to answer, the lawyer said. 
Commerce and Economic Development Secretary Edward Yao says Washington has put back the date for when goods from Hong Kong must be labelled made in China if they're exported to the US. Mr Yao has again described the US as being hostile and unreasonable. Wendy Wong has details. Edward Yao told an online seminar that Washington is delaying the start date for the order by 45 days at the request of people from the trade sector. He says it will now take effect from November the 9th instead of September 25th. The U.S. move comes amid escalating Sino-U.S. tensions following Beijing's decision to impose the national security law on Hong Kong. Mr. Yao again accused the U.S. of trying to make the Made in Hong Kong label disappear, saying this is unreasonable and barbaric. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Medical experts are warning that the free coronavirus testing program the government is about to launch might not actually be that effective when it comes to finding infected people. Violet Wong reports. Dr Ho Park Lang, who has the University of Hong Kong Centre for Infection, says if 3 million people took the free test, the number of COVID-19 carriers found might only be around 80. At the beginning of this month, the government estimated there were some 1,500 silent carriers in the community. But Dr Ho says that number will probably have gone down significantly by the time the testing starts in September. Meanwhile, Dr Leung Chi Chiu of the Medical Association predicts that the scheme will only identify a third of all infected people. The chairman of the association's advisory committee on communicable diseases says people who test positive may have already spread the virus to others. But if these others are still in the incubation stage, they won't be picked up by the tests. Dr. Leung says he also has concerns regarding the safety of the testing for both participants and staff. We need to test, I think, the whole city within a short time. And we don't only have, for example, 100 testing centres. It's almost impossible, I think, to avoid people counting together at some point. The other point is about the testing procedure, because that will certainly lead to the citizens removing the masks temporarily and the collector have to be exposed I mean, to possible contaminant risk if the subject under test sees or cough during the process. But the government advisor, Professor David Ho, isn't worried about infection risks at testing stations, saying the appointment system planned will reduce crowding. But Professor Ho, who has the Center for Emerging Infectious Diseases at Chinese University, says he believes a recent fall in the number of coronavirus cases in the SAR will mean fewer people signed up. He urges people not to miss the opportunity to get tested. Normally, within Hong Kong, our resources are quite limited, and we can only do up to, say, 12,000 tests per day. But this time, with the input from the mainland, they can actually do up to half a million of tests per day. So this is actually a one-off opportunity for us to detect any silent transmission. Professor Ho says he plans to take the test himself. But Dr Ho says he won't because he's not a high-risk person. While Dr. Lang says he will only do it if the government reduces the risk of infection at testing stations. West Kowloon Magistracy has ruled that Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai has a case to answer over allegations that he intimidated an Oriental Daily reporter three years ago. The media tycoon denies the charge. Jimmy Choi reports. The incident in question is alleged to have taken place during the June 4th candlelight vigil at Victoria Park three years ago. The reporter involved, identified only as X in court, says he had been following and filming Mr. Lai for work. 
A prosecution witness known as Y, a colleague of X, told the court that he saw Mr. Lai angrily swearing at X in the park, but he couldn't remember exactly what he said. Video footage was also presented to the court, showing Mr. Lai telling police officers in 2018, while he was under caution, that he had often been followed by Oriental Daily reporters, and he never took action. But he said X, who had followed him for the past five years, has started taking an aggressive approach towards him in recent months. He said X often took pictures of him in his face to provoke him. In a video, the media tycoon says to officers that he told X that he would find someone to mess him up. Mr. Lai tells the police he just blurted out the words without thinking, but that the options he could have considered would have been legal action or calling the police on the reporter, and he would definitely not turn to the criminal underworld for help. Magistrate May Chong decided that Mr. Lai does have a case to answer, and she adjourned the hearing until Friday, when both the prosecution and defence are expected to make their closing statements. The Apple Daily founder is not giving evidence personally, and the defence isn't calling any witnesses. The mother of a teenage girl whose body was found in waters off Yaotong last September has told a coroner's inquest that her daughter had a troubled life and had attempted suicide in the past. The police say 15-year-old Chan Yin Lam had killed herself, but some have raised questions about the death, which came at the height of the anti-extradition bill protest. Francis Sit reports. Chen Yinlam's mother was emotional and broke down in tears several times as she testified. She said her 15-year-old daughter had been rebellious since secondary school and had been sent to a children's home several times. She said that last year her daughter began displaying strange behavior, and while in a home last March, she attempted suicide by wrapping a plastic bag around her head. A social worker told the court that the girl says she had joined last year's anti-government protest and reported hearing voices after getting caught up in tear gas in Chimsacho last August. The social worker said the teenager told her she had smoked weed given to her by a friend that day. The following day, the teenager behaved strangely after visiting a friend in the Tongfo Correctional Institution and was arrested for assaulting a police officer. The girl's mother said her daughter was talking to herself and walking around aimlessly at the police station when she went to see her. The teenager was sent to a children's home again, where she banged her head against the wall and ended up in hospital. The mother said her daughter was screaming and crying in the hospital and complaining she could hear a man's voice talking to her. She said her daughter was much calmer by the middle of September. But on the 19th, the MTR called her to say they had found the teenager's belongings at the station. The girl didn't respond to messages, stopped going to school, and missed a court hearing. The mother was on a trip to South Korea at the time, and she filed a report to the police on her return two days later, saying her daughter was missing. The police informed the woman of her daughter's death five days later. More than two dozen other witnesses will be testifying in front of the five-person jury in the coming days. A retired Communist Party schoolteacher who was recently expelled from the party and stripped of her pension has told RTHK that she admires Hong Kong's people's fight to safeguard their rights and freedoms. Tsai Xia also says President Xi Jinping has turned the party into a body that does not reflect on its own mistakes. Maggie Ho reports. <laughs> This leaked audio, in which Tsai Xia makes very harsh comments about President Xi Jinping, was the key reason why she was dismissed and stripped of her retirement benefits. 
She says in the clip that if President Xi was replaced, tensions between China and other countries would ease. Ms. Chai says she's also been told she has committed other wrongdoings, including signing a petition backing Wuhan doctor Li Wenliang, a whistleblower on the coronavirus pandemic who died after catching the virus himself. She also publicly opposed the national security law introduced in Hong Kong. Ms. Chai says she has been closely following developments in Hong Kong since last year's anti-government protests and she respects Hong Kong people's fight to safeguard their rights and freedoms. She says under the leadership of Xi Jinping, the Communist Party she served for most of her life no longer allows different views and is unable to reflect on or correct its mistakes. Instead, she says it has a despicable practice of punishing those who have opposing views. Over the past few years, there has been this trend. You are allowed to criticize the Communist Party, but you cannot criticize Xi. It is a political party which cannot accommodate or reasonably and calmly deal with different views among itself. Every piece of advice is treated as attack from the enemy. It often says you've been used by the external forces to cause serious and adverse influence. The 68-year-old scholar, an expert on the ideology of former party leaders, now lives in the United States and says she will not return to China for fear of being detained. She says she believes President Xi wants to hijack the views of 90 million party members, that he demands their absolute loyalty and turns them into what she describes as political zombies who do not have independent thinking. Violent protests have broken out in the U.S. city of Kenosha in Wisconsin after police shot a black man multiple times while responding to a domestic incident. The man, named as Jacob Blake, is said to be in a serious condition in hospital. The BBC's James Reid reports. Video posted online appears to show Jacob Blake being repeatedly shot in the back as he tries to get into a car. That account was confirmed by the governor of Wisconsin, who condemned what he called excessive use of force. As news of the shooting spread, hundreds of protesters marched on Kenosha police headquarters. Vehicles were set on fire and police used tear gas. An overnight curfew has been declared. The shooting follows months of tension across the United States following the killing of George Floyd in the neighbouring state of Minnesota. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Researchers say they have proof that a Hong Kong man has been infected with coronavirus twice. The SAR records fewer than 10 new infections for the first time in weeks. And two private prosecutions relating to the anti-government protest last year are formally halted. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3. It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's Newswrap programme. Experts are calling on the government to install more greenery in the city to help bring down temperatures. They're warning that all the hot nights can be harming people's health. Priscilla Ong reports. The very hot warning was in force for 467 hours in a row last month, the longest period since the introduction of the warning system in 2000. Hong Kong also had a record-breaking 21 hot nights in July when the minimum temperature was above 28 degrees Celsius. And a study by Chinese University has found that consecutive hot nights have a bigger impact on health than very hot days. Researchers say this is because people's sleep can be badly disrupted by heat, which can lead to a wide range of health problems or even death. 
Ren Chao, an associate professor from the University of Hong Kong's Faculty of Architecture who participated in the research, says women, girls and elderly people are the most vulnerable. We may not have a higher quality of sleeping situations, uh, so the sleeping disorder uh, may happen. And if this uh, hot night uh, continues, then you can imagine if you cannot sleep very well for one night, it's okay, but for several nights, then you definitely will feel very exhausted during the daytime. For the normal people, you may uh, survive, but for the elderly people, eventually, uh, if their body system cannot uh, sustain, then they, they may cause uh, the death. Meanwhile, Dr. Kevin Lau, a research assistant professor from the Institute of Future Cities at CUHK, says global warming, coupled with compact and high-density urban design, are to blame for the increase in the number of hot nights. He says the government needs to tackle the problem by enhancing the city's environment. To increase greenery, we have uh, quite a number of options. Of course, like planting trees, providing parks, would be uh, very efficient and effective. But at the same time, given the compact environment, that I think to increase the greenery coverage by using, for, for example, uh, vertical greenery, uh, podium gardens, and to replace existing uh, some maybe street structures. It is a matter of how you design the uh, greenery to provide uh, these opportunities to relieve the heat. In the longer run, he says, it is also important to improve urban ventilation through better town planning. Green groups are urging the government to get tough with the Hong Kong Gun Club if it continues to pollute its surroundings on Taimo Shan with lead pellets and plastic debris from shooting. The club was acquitted by a court last month of polluting Shingmun Reservoir over a technical issue on how evidence was collected. Green Earth's executive director, Edwin Lau, inspected the area recently. He told RTHK's Jim Gould what he found. Last week, we went there for several times and we found uh, numerous, or I would say, uncountable numbers of uh, the lead pellets, which is uh, from the uh, uh, firing shot, and then uh, plastic wads, which is the, the uh, object that hold the uh, lead pellets, and then uh, the clay pigeons, which is uh, they are we found in a whole piece or in many fragments, or lying on the ground, right next to the countryside of the gun clubs. And we also found that near the uh, water catchment area, there are also the uh, bits and pieces of those things that I just mentioned, uh, working near the uh, catch water catchment area. And at one time, my colleagues also found uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the debris found in the water catchment area, which will be leading to the Singmoon Reservoir, which is a reservoir that holds the drinking water for Hong Kong people. Uh, the club points out that uh, there hasn't been any shooting activity there since July the 17th because of the social gathering ban, so anything found uh, since then is not necessarily its responsibility. Exactly what they said is reflect that in the past, before the social distancing or before they suspend the firing activities. Those firing in the past, for the last, I mean, several uh, uh, decades, the debris is coming out from the firing uh, activities and deposited onto the uh, adjacent uh, countryside area. And 
because there were so many uh, of these uh, plastic pieces, uh, clay pigeons, uh, lead pellets, all scattering around the places. Uh, it's, it's not a few uh, dozens or a few hundred. It is just uh, unimaginable that how can that great numbers of these uh, waste being left on the countryside without any uh, better control or uh, proper cleanup, and this is really unacceptable because uh, polluting the uh, land on the on the countryside. Actually, we find there are uh, cattle so walking around the uh, countryside areas, and then when those that end up in our water catchment area, it is uh, leading to our changing water reservoir. And this is really uh, having a potential in getting the uh, contaminating our drinking water. So the lands department who uh, enter into a, uh, the lease, land lease agreement with the Hong Kong government should really uh, during the regular inspection and enforcement of the requirement that was stipulated in, in the land lease. And if the government did not adhere uh, the, uh, the requirement to act accordingly, the land department should really consider to revoke the uh, land lease. Six property and professional services groups have banded together to form a new alliance, hoping to explore more opportunities together during and after the coronavirus crisis. The Hong Kong Real Estate Management and Services Alliance, which also refers to itself as the Six Eyes, include the Chartered Association of Building Engineers Hong Kong, the Institute of Certified Property Managers and the Institute and the International Dispute Resolution and Risk Management Institute. Architectural and surveying sector lawmaker Tony Tsai was invited as a guest at the launching ceremony. He spoke to Joanne Wong. We have to join effort together because at the moment, of course, Hong Kong is facing, I think, a very difficult time because of the various issues, including the COVID-19, as well as uh, what has been happening recently. Um, in respect of, you know, um, what uh, America, you know, have been condemning us on the, the national security law. I think our economy has been, you know, uh, suffered a lot. And it's very important for us to stay together and to make the best use of our respective expertise so that we would, you know, once we, when we, this COVID-19 is over, our economy can be recovered rapidly. As a representative of um, a lot of the members in this new alliance, what suggestions, advice will you help them reflect, reflect to the government? At the moment, of course, uh, you know, um, they are more concerned about how to make our economy and the industry recover rapidly. I think they can concentrate on this respect. The alliance, of course, comprises of professionals covering real estate developments, management, as well as, you know, uh, the financial and, uh, and also the uh, dispute resolution as well. All these expertise are very important to the well-being of Hong Kong. I hope, you know, they could join hand and put forward a proposal 
up to the government. During the ceremony marking this new alliance, it was highlighted that there's going to be a new normal after the pandemic for the sector. And that's why one of the members in the alliance is uh, focusing on mediation. So can you tell me more about this new normal? The respective institutes have their expertise. And to me, of course, you know, each one should have, uh, you know, their professional areas. And mediations is one of them. They point out that, you know, during this pandemic period, there may be a number of disputes, including particularities about the uh, real estate sector. And they have, I think, suggesting that members of the respective institutes can learn more about the techniques of mediation and how to resolve uh, disputes without going or recourse to legal action. The president of India's Congress party, Sonia Gandhi, has called for the election of a successor following a letter by dissidents that called for sweeping reforms. Party leaders have met in the capital, Delhi, to decide if Miss Gandhi should continue in her role. Congress ruled the country for decades, but has recently been routed in polls. This has led to sharp criticism of its leadership, which has long favoured the Gandhi family. Anna-Marie Evans asked our Delhi correspondent, Murali Krishnan, what he thinks is going to happen next. It seems that there is going to be a change, but uh, we uh, we still, uh, the uh, deliberations of the Congress Working Committee, which is the highest body of the party, they are still thrashing out the issue. But as soon as it opened up this morning, uh, Sonia Gandhi made the request saying that uh, after the letter, which was written by 23 leaders of the party, she said that... um, Things have to be put in place right now and ask them to look at a process of transition to relieve her of her duties. So that's where it stands right now. But the fact is, uh, uh, the, the Congress Party, as you must understand, there is a, uh, there, are, there are a lot of people who are cheerleaders for the Gandhi family, whereas the 23 leaders of the Congress, which includes five former chief ministers, as well as senior members of the Congress Working Committee, well, they have sort of called for sweeping changes at every level. And, they, and, and their contention is that, you know, there has been an erosion of the party's base as well as the loss of confidence of the youth in this country with the Congress. So therefore, uh, the, uh, and remember, Sonia Gandhi was just an interim president. She was a stopgap arrangement till they found a new leader. And they thought the drift had to be addressed and a new leader uh, to be brought in. So we will know perhaps by the end of the day or, or tomorrow whether the wheels are in motion for the election of a new president or whether perhaps Rahul Gandhi, who was once the president and, 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 and sort of resigned after the 2019 rubbing, whether he could be back or a new leader outside the Gandhi family will be brought in as president. So it's still all up for grabs. What about Rahul's sister? Wasn't she looking at a political career? Yes, absolutely. Priyanka Gandhi, who's often been described as, uh, you know, a protege of a a protege of her grandmother, Indira Gandhi. She's very astute. She's been, she's a Congress General Secretary, but uh, she, 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 however, comes in only a sort of, you know, a, a commando-like operations. Whenever there's a crucial poll which is happening, she lends heft to it by campaigning. She's right now been given charge of the crucial political state of the northern state of Uttar Pradesh, uh, but she is very much in the reckoning. But I, I, it'll be really be a, 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 a important choice who will be the next one. But then there are many within the Congress who are rooting. 
for her as president, whether she's going to accept that, accept that offer reluctantly or wholeheartedly, is some is still very much in intense speculation. But she is definitely among the, the one of the candidates which is in the rec, in the reckoning. I mean, it's a, a phenomenal di- dynasty that, that that comes from Nehru. But um, isn't it time, you know, considering it is a, a democracy, that they had a bit of change from one family? Yes, absolutely. That's that's that has been the sort of uh, the run uh, the the call for many many years right now. Why can't we look at a leadership outside the Gandhi family? Uh, but that's how. That, but in many ways, after about over six decades, there is a sort of a certain psychophancy which is sort of set in within the party. No one looks beyond the Gandhi descendant who will lead the party, and more importantly. Whenever there has been, it's not as if there has not been a Congress president who's, uh, who's outside the Gandhi family. There has been one, but their tenures have been cut short very, very abruptly, and a Gandhi has come back to replace them. So it's someone who, who's really going to uh, perhaps have some uh, intellectual heft as well as political heft outside the Gandhi family who, will, who, 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 who has to be made the president. And so far, a candidate is lacking. And But what's more important right now, one of the reasons why they're really asking for a change is because the BJP, the principal opposition party, is growing from strength to strength. You know, Narendra Modi has got political uh, numbers on his side, a brute majority, and if I, and if, and the Congress seems to be completely dissipated in terms of decimated in terms of you know challenging him. So that's why they want this rot to be stemmed and at, uh, an effective leadership on top, which will guide them perhaps and take them to a good position in the next coming general elections in 2024, as well as many other assembly elections between that. So that's that's the real call at this particular point. Sonia Gandhi is a very reluctant president, and more importantly, she's got health issues also to deal with, and that's why, and that's why she has agreed to. Uh, she has decided that she can't lead the party just now. Those stories were part of the Newswrap program, which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening. Todd Harding from our newsroom. Digital TV broadcasting will be fully implemented soon. Tell your friends and relatives quickly. From December 1st, analog TV sets won't be able to receive free TV channels. Act quickly to add a set-top box or switch to a digital TV set. Eligible households in need can apply for the Community Care Fund Digital Television Assistance Program. Call 2922-9230 to learn more. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. January to December. We'll have moments to remember. 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 Well, there you are. This is it. The moment you've been waiting for. Music Nostalgia with Ray Codero. Back on the air. For your sake.
What a beautiful start. Hmm? Mantovani and his orchestra and Estralita. And now let's welcome Gordon. I'm as restless as a willow in a windstorm. I'm as jumpy as a puppet on a string. I'd say that I had spring fever, but I know it isn't spring. I am starry-eyed and vaguely discontented, like a nightingale without a song to sing. Oh, why should I have spring fever when it is? In spring I keep wishing I were somewhere else Walking down a strange new street Hearing words that I have never heard From a girl 